0: You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom slash agony.
1: Science fiction does have a history, and it does have a... a um a body of work and a canon, and one of the people we owe that to, uh, both in terms of the work itself and in terms of important critical work illustrating it, is uh, our next and final reader for tonight, who's known not only for novels such as *Hair of Its World* and *Beyond Apollo* and *In the Stone House*, which I don't really know, but was out there not on much. the. Ah, short story collection, (laughs) and also for the Engines of Night, which is one of the seminal critical works of science fiction, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce Barry (coughs) (coughs) Mulzberg.
0: I'll try this without a microphone. Am I audible? (coughs)
2: Sure.
0: we were left, the left us with a cliffhanger. Tattered, wore a tattered, dirty old. And I thought, tattered, dirty old is a lovely lead-in to your final reader. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll try to relieve the suspense. Uh, Mr. Robinson and Ms. Holland read from new work. Uh, I am going to read from tattered, dirty old work. I am going to read uh, I'm going to read an essay I published in Omni in 1982, uh, <clears throat> written in 1981. And I thought, they, here they are with new work, and here I am with tattered, dirty old work. But then, then thinking of my introduction, my self-introduction, I thought, that, that Tiptree's Slow Music was written in 1978, and it's still good. And Jack Dan's "Going Under" was written in 1981. That was still good. The Little Black Bag by Cornbluth, 1949. That's good. So what? What's wrong? I'll try this.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, in my youth, I went to Union Temple Sunday School, and was exposed to a, the a rabbi named Sidney Tedeschi, who always prefaced his sermons. <coughs> This will be 20 minutes, this will be 12 minutes. At least you should know how long you should suffer, he would say. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I found this very, very good to carry in my late years. This will take me, this is 800 words, which will take between five and six minutes. <laughs> <coughs> That's not too bad, is it? Uh, I heard I heard when uh, Brian Aldiss give a brilliant guest of honor speech at a Florida International Atlantic University in 1980. He was riveting for half an hour, interesting for an hour, uh, moderately tolerable for an hour and a quarter, and the audience was ready to do him in <laughs> after an hour and a half. Brian got, uh, accepted a, a Grand Master from the SFWA in 19, what was it, in the year 2000, and his acceptance speech, he was brilliant for five minutes, and, Tolerable for 15, but after 30, I think they wanted to take the grandmaster away. <laughs> all right, the shores—no more. You see, the introduction exceeds uh, <laughs> the. We all—we all have a way to sneak—sneak uh, sneak microphone time. The shores of suitability will take me six to seven minutes. The shores of suitability, part one: common exegesis of killers of the rulers portends the interrelationship of post-Joycean rhetoric with post-Chavian political pluralism. Relate this confluence. Elaborate and discuss. Exemplify. Part two. (laughs) The old hack is having a nightmare. In it, he has returned to academia and is seeking a master's degree at extension U, which he hopes will enable him to find work as an assistant instructor of English. All right, it is a long shot, but he is almost out of ideas. The markets are really hell. And foreign sales have dried up and he is having big trouble delivering on the one outline he has sold. So the old hack has enrolled in English 353A, science fiction and the archetype because in the catalog it seemed to be an easy three credits, no paper required. If he knows anything he knows science fiction, right? (laughs) Well, doesn't he? Now he is taking the final examination in the graduate level course which appears to focus on an old ace double, Killers of the Rulers. He is especially qualified to deal with this book. He wrote it back in 1957. (laughs) Between Wives at the Old Place on West 89th Street. Even so, the exam is giving him trouble. (laughs) Big trouble. Part three. The sub-theme of colonic usurpation in its Jungian relevance creates a multi-level tension in Killers of the Rulers which points toward the induction of three distinct archetypes. Name these archetypes. (laughs) Elaborate and discuss. Discuss further how a Freudian approach would defeat consummation of the blue alien incursion. (laughs) Part four. The old hack is not exactly sure how he got into this. (laughs) It all seemed simple when he enrolled, didn't it? The reading list, which included many of his old favorites, indicated this would be a snap to say nothing of the pleasant surprise of finding Killers of the Rulers right in there between more than human and the forever machine. <laughs> but he suspected that things had begun to go wrong from the start. In the first session, the young instructor had begun by speaking of a manichaean influence in the birth of American science fiction and of how the great fifties novels were an extension of the Fabian theory of socialism as propounded by the works of G. B. Shaw. The old hack had briefly thought of identifying himself when his book came up in November. I wrote that one he could have said. It had been written as had all of the ace doubles and too much of his other stuff under a pseudonym, but by then he was totally confused. It did not seem wise to admit writing killers of the rulers, particularly if he if, because he could not understand the word the young instructor was saying.
2: <laughs>
0: Part five. Produce a 1,000-word monograph interrelating the empire building of Killers of the Rulers with a more pacific vision of more than human. Be specific. In what way does, Bartleby's, does Melville's Bartleby the Scrivener inform and influence both works as controlling response. Why does Heartbreak House not apply here? (laughs) Part 6. Heartbreak House. That's what West 89th Street had been. It was there, drunken up against a deadline that he wrote Killers of the Rulers on the kitchen table. The old hack hadn't even started it until the weekend before it was due. (laughs) There had been all that excitement about him and Mabel Sue, And besides, for a $750 advance payable in halves, why should he get all upset about churning out this stuff to their convenience rather than his? (laughs) Even then, the book kind of lurched along, what was Betty, wife number one, crying and coming out of the bedroom now and then, only to throw another of his paperbacks at him while he sat there typing. (laughs) Finally, he gave up, turned to the Cutty Sark, and took down that 1952 issue of Worlds of If, which he used, to blow up the novelette.
2: <laughs> in the end, the
0: book was not what he had promised in the outline, but what the hell. Everyone lied and cheated in the small things. He had tried desperately to explain this to Betty. The important commitment was in getting to getting the work done and to holding on to enough of the advance money to have a good blowout.
2: <laughs> Despite
0: all the screaming, he had been only three days late, thanks to the Kali sock, but then the bastards took a month to deliver the check by which time he was well embarked on that disastrous series of events that ended with Mabel Sue calling him a drunken liar and throwing his typewriter and the carbon of Killers of the Rulers out the third story window. Part 6. Neologic devices in Killers of the Rulers account for, as in Finnegan's wake, much of its sub-narrative power. (laughs) Present and discuss five such devices. Analyze two of them. Describe how they function as a metaphoric combine of the blue aliens. Part seven. (laughs) In his dream, the old hack brings his blank essay booklet up to the proctor midway through the three hours. I can't stand it, he says shakily. I can't stand it anymore. Just take me away. I'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) The proctor stares at him mercilessly through goggles of glittering glass. Help, help, the old hack whimpers. As he tumbles like a stone through various levels of his dream world. He finds himself then awake and 57 in his own bleak room at dawn, his hopes for an assistant instructorship at the college destroyed, the empty pages of Grandsons of the Killers of the Rulers littering the floor <laughs> beside him, and this novel, his masterpiece, he had told the editor to clinch the contract, the crown of his career, three months overdue today and counting.
1: I'm told there's also a downside to science fiction writing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, let's take a break. Uh, The books are for sale. uh, Books of all these authors and others are for sale and our um, bookseller, Jude, has to leave after the break. So we will be signing books after the panel discussion but let's all take a break and buy some books now get a beer contribute to the um, children's charity and take seven and a half minutes